Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A view from the Bullins are delighted to announce that our second event in support of Everton in the community is on Thursday the 26th of August. Join us for an evening with Kevin Ratcliffe, Derek Mountfield, and Goodison Park Stadium announcer Graham White. For more information, please visit our website at www.thebullinsview.co.uk. We hope to see you all there for a great evening and a fantastic cause. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Benwin Stanley, Lee McLean, and our guest this evening is Matthew Barry. Ben... Everton 2, Spurs 2. What were your thoughts on the game? <sighs> another one, another deep sigh to start off a really thrilling Everton podcast, uh, ladies and gents. So it's going to be another one of them mates. It feels like a defeat, Mick, for me. I'm, I'm down again. I've, I've just seen Everton perform really well. Probably one of the best performances we've seen from Everton in a long, long time. But against the Tottenham side, it was really there for the taking. They were, they were awful tonight and too idiotic shambolic I need to get me for sore so to describe how bad them two actual mistakes were that have gifted the best striker in the Premier League two easy goals but well let's just say the second one's an unbelievable finish but I just don't know what they were doing Mick it's basic football if, if, if you call for the ball you make sure you clear it away from the goal not into the back of your own player or just completely miss the ball and flick it onto the, the striker as well. It's just, it feels like a loss again. And I'm fed up and I'm sick of it. And I do really feel now that that was the, the chance for Europe come. Because if Spurs go and beat Man City somehow in the Capital One Cup, then you need top six for Europe. And you never know with this season how it's going. You, you don't know what side City are going to put out with Champions League in mind. So if Spurs go and win the League Cup, then it's top six. And that's not happening. So, if we would have had a good three points tonight, we would have put us right in the mix again. 
and we could have re- easily recovered from them disappointing results against Palace and Brighton. But now we've gained three points out of nine, where really we should have took seven out of nine in my eyes. We should have beat Palace and we should have won tonight. It's some disastrous performances. I'm, I'm sorry to say if people are going to get the backs up with this, but Alex Awobi was shocking. Really, really bad today. I don't know what he was offering. He wasn't going forward. He couldn't cross the ball. He kept on getting the ball on the wing. And we're all saying, come on, Alex, get it, your man. Get it, your man. Get it, your left back. Really get round him. Put them under some pressure. And he just turned back and bladed it back to Davis again. Or Alan, who was there. And it was just repetitive with him. He wasn't really offering anything. And Seamus Coleman did more in 20 seconds than he did all game. And he's a 32-year-old Asian right-back who's played numerous amounts of minutes over the past few years. And he looked quicker than him in the short space he was on. He got up to mass fitness very good. And it was a... Look, Guilford Sigurdsson's put in a really good performance there as well for me. Uh, two great goals. I thought he played really well. But again, you got Sigurdsson playing well. And James Rodriguez was above the rest again for me. In the last 20 minutes of the first half, he was just simply glorious to watch. And... It's just some players again with Charleston. Uh, we've had a few requests in on Twitter to talk about him, like what's happened to him. And the past three games since his West Brom game, he's, he's been atrocious. Um, and I know he's been playing up front as well, but he, he hasn't been performing well at all. And he should have scored there at the end, should have got the winner. Even Josh King should have buried it before. But you can't be missing chances like that. We've said it so how many times now, especially against the Palace game. It's You cannot afford to miss chances like we have done tonight and expect to walk away with three points because Tottenham were there for the taking. I can't remember a save the pick for that to make. I think he just picked the ball out, out of the net for twice from Harry Kane scoring. We had numerous chances. We were the better team all round. Massive to have Allen in there. And I think Tom Davis was brilliant as well today. Thought he performed really well. But there's no shock and there's no doesn't get my back up that we're looking for a centre-half in the summer because... Carlo must be seeing what he's seeing tonight in training all the time. And you would have asked me just before Christmas, I would have gone, no, we don't need a centre-half. Michael Keane's been playing brilliantly, short passes, long passes, getting in behind, getting another, bringing another dimension to the football club. But since this new, since the new year's turned, Michael Keane has gone backwards again. It was like the Keane we seen last year. It just wasn't good enough at all from him tonight. And again, for me, Holgate's not good enough. I don't think he's... He should be there as a centre-half at Evan. Um, I think he's been used wisely of a, a bit of a versatile player this year, playing full-back as well, but he's not a centre-half. He's, he's not good enough for Everton and sad to see, but I, I wouldn't be selling Yerry Mean. I'd be selling Michael Keane if the option comes up. But again, it's that you can see why there's such strong links to Kula Bailey from Napoli because I don't think Carlo Ancelotti trusts the centre-half partnerships and why would you have to performance like that tonight, Mick? It's just put us back again. It feels like a loss. I'm going out with the lads tomorrow. I feel gutted. I feel like it's a loss again. It just ruins me weekend again, Mick. But just just another really bad result for Everton going forward. The performance was good, but I'd much rather have played poorly and got the three points, Mick. Mm. Lee, I think it is fair to say what Ben's just said there. Spurs were there for the taking tonight, weren't they? And a, a top team, you know, maybe even a top seven team, they would have put Spurs to the sword and won the, th- won the game. Yeah, it feels that way. Can we not talk about the MasterChef final or something instead? I'm sick of <laughs> repeat myself, you know, week after week on these podcasts. It just feels again, like Ben said, it's, you know, when you go second on these podcasts, Ben's summed up a lot of our feelings really, really well. 
it, it feels like a defeat. And at this stage of the season, I think the, the result is far more important than performance. Um, and undoubtedly, the performance here, it was a lot better than, than those that we've seen of late. But we've gifted a, a, a off-key Tottenham side, you know, a point there. Um, they, they weren't up for it. They weren't at the races at all tonight. They were a sitting duck there for the taking. I think they've had more than half an eye on the, the Carabao Cup final coming up in a week. Um, players, I think, were half committed, not wanting to get injured. And you could tell. Um, and we've just shot ourselves in the foot. I think all of the good work that we've done, we've we've undone uh, with absolutely shambolic defenders, especially for that second goal. I mean, why Michael Keane is racing to come for that? Like you've said off air, Mick, all he needs to do is just hold his position a little bit and that ball's dropping to his feet anyway. Or at the very worst case, he's there to challenge Harry Kane and Harry Kane's not got a free shot to goal on the penalty spot. And, it, and at the end of the day, if you give a striker of, of that quality two chances like that, he's going to bury them and that's what he did. But other than that, Harry Kane didn't touch the ball. Like Ben said, Pickford didn't have a save to make. So it, it's a bit of a nothing result. The commentators alluded to it on the television. It does really nothing for, for either side. Um We've stalled massively in the last three games. You look, you looked at those three. This was always the hardest one on paper out of Palace, Brighton, and this one. Palace and Brighton, you know, really, really galling to only come out of those two games with a couple of points. This one, you probably would have taken a point before the game, but as it's panned out, it feels like a defeat. So it we're probably where, <laughs> you know, we've we've not progressed. We've fell behind. If anything, the teams in and around us over the, the course of the last three games. So we now suddenly find ourselves on a Friday night with all of the, the fixtures still to come over tomorrow and Sunday. And teams have now got an opportunity to pull away from us a little bit more, whereas we could have really applied the pressure a little bit tonight and it just wasn't to be. So again, I agree with what Ben said there. I think it's got to be the end of the line for a couple of these players tonight. And I think Ancelotti will be more than aware of that. A manager of his, his experience and, and know-how and he knows what a good player looks like. You know, there's no doubt about that. Alex Iwobi is not a good player. Let's let let's get that straight. He is, oh my word, how many chances does that lad want? Um he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to want to apply himself properly and 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 let his ability shine through because he has got it, but it, it never shows. It, it's never on display for long. Um he he was negative. Again, he kept turning inside, like Ben said. He gets the ball muddled up in his feet. He loses possession too easily. Doesn't beat a man. Uh, and that's what he's meant to do as a winger, ultimately. Um, so, no surprise that he got dragged off. Mason Holgate, again, agree. Nowhere near good enough for Everton. He, he's just not. Um, he, he's too cocky. He's not. I don't think he's very uh, positionally aware. Don't like his attitude. Um, and there's always a mistake in him. And, and that's not good enough at this level. You just can't afford that. So, yeah, again, I'm feeling down. It's, it's the start of the weekend and, and Everton have not set us up for, for a good weekend again. So it's massively frustrating and we're making it even harder now to, to go and achieve the goal uh, from the start of the season, which was to achieve Europe. It's looking more and more unlikely, Mick, unfortunately. Mm. Matt, we, we didn't get the three points, but... It was probably the best performance since the derby. Is that fair to say? I thought we played really, really well. Um, you just can't legislate for for errors at the back, and um, I think that you know Michael Keane just turned into 
Antolin Alcaraz tonight just absolutely went to pieces. You know, he's he's the senior defender uh, in in the back three. Um, for the first goal, he, he puts his name on it and and he just heads it towards Kane. Um, and for the for the second goal, you know, he's got full visibility of the ball. Again, he puts his name on it and he can. He's got time to bring it down if he wanted to, or he can head it in any direction, and he just puts it straight in the hole. Game. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Lee, is this the sort of game that Carlo Ancelotti will look back at the end of the season and go to Marcel Brands and say, this is why we need a stronger centre-half pairing? Yeah, absolutely. Because we've, you know, we, we've had the better of that game. We, we were the better side. Um, we, we've done a lot better than, than the previous couple of games. But it's individual errors at the back that, that have cost us again. And it's not the first time that it's happened this season. And if you think of the calibre of player that Ancelotti's uh, managed the, over the course of his career, going back a long time, he's got to be looking at that and thinking, my words, what am I working with here? You know, he, he needs better quality in there. Uh, and we do if, we, if we're wanting to progress because these games in the Premier League, they're tight. They, they often hang on a knife edge and it's, it's these fine margins that are often the difference between 0.01 or 1.3. Um, and that's ultimately what's happened there tonight because the players have really, really put a shift in. Um, you know, Sigurdsson, you know, I was quite crit- critical of Sigurdsson before the game, but he's, he's, you know, undoubtedly gone on and had a good game. It was a lovely finish for the second goal. And you're thinking, come on, let, let's maybe push on and get a third and put this game to bed. But, you know, if you're not able to get that third, it's all about being switched on and capable at the back. Um, and if you do that, you know, you get the three points, but we've not been able to do it and we've not been able to keep switched on. Um, and that's, you know, that's what the top players are able to do from, from minute one to minute 95. They keep switched on. They don't allow individual errors and concentration lapses to kick in. Um, so it's just a real shame that we've thrown two points away again and we're sat here a little bit down and dejected after what was, in all, a really a really positive performance relative to the ones that we've seen recently, mate. Mm. Ben, I look at this sort of performance and I feel, yeah, we gave it a go, you know, against Brighton. I didn't feel like we gave it a go. But when when a team go out there and they try and win a game, it's a, you can accept it a little bit more if we don't win. Um, so I'm not, me personally, I'm not as disappointed as I was against Brighton. You just think to yourself sometimes, why don't Everton apply themselves like we did tonight against the likes of Brighton, Crystal Palace, Burnley, because we probably would have got a few more positive results, wouldn't we? Well, for me, Mick, is I'd rather perform not well and get three points. Football's a results business. Um, I completely understand what you're saying and I do agree with it to an extent. It was good to see positive notes. Let's, let's get on to the good, juicy stuff, eh? It was, uh, there were positives. We played, look, we played well tonight. We did. And that's what that's why we're coming on this podcast, myself, Matt and Lee, a bit dejected again, that word again, and just feel a bit frustrated because we did play well. But we can't put put into the perspective that that was the worst away performance from a team I've seen all year at Goodison, especially. I, I haven't seen a team come to Goodison and play as poorly as that. And I really do feel like they were there for the taking. And you look through their team, I can't remember Son even really having a chance of getting hold of the ball. And Kane has touched the ball probably four times and two of them being shots and two goals. And it's just, again, that special word, Elite. It's like Groundhog Day again. 
we just continue to Everton it, don't we? Every single match, we, we, we somehow Everton ourselves. And it was just another big chance for us to really push on because I, I do think it's going to be uh, a battle for top seven now. But if, like I said before, Spurs win that you you um, Capital One Cup, then it's top six. And it's we've, like the S said recently, the, the, the profit and loss, sustainability, the Premier League, we need Europe to push on in the summer. And Europe is massive for this club and it was in our hands. And I understand that the performance was brilliant because it was, like, look, it was Hamez, Sigurdsson, they were brilliant. Seamus Coleman for a stint, brilliant. Thought Godfrey played really well. Thought Lucas Dean played well. But you can't play well and then get let down by, let's get it straight, Sunday league defending from your centre-halves. I, I do that on a, on a Sunday when I fill in at centre-half. I don't expect Premier League footballers to be doing mistakes like that. Not once, but twice. In near enough the same circumstances over and over again. And... That's why I've got a bit of anger in my voice. It's it's more disappointment than anything. I'm I'm I am. You can accept the Brighton one, Mick, like we did the other day. I was, we were just completely like gutted and we were down. We, I didn't even really want to talk, to be honest. But today, this is a bit of an angry one for me because I'm just disappointed and frustrated with the performance we've done there because we we played really well and we've dropped two points somehow. It's idiotic. I just. It's just them two have cost us massively and something needs to be done in the summer. But look, it's good to see Alan back. Um, I really feel like him being in the central midfield really helps to like a Tom Davis and Hammers in the middle because he's going to put your groundwork in. Um, but we, we are missing players still, like the Corey, and it just shows you as well, like the Josh King chance. You've got to be better in that. And even worse, the Richarlison one after that that's fought, fallen to him and it's, you need to be winning. That, that, that's three two wrapped up three points. Let's push on for top six. Then if that goes in, you can't be missing them them sorts of chances. Expect anything from the game. So, on a positive note, Mick, we had more than one shot on targets to talk about than we did in the Brighton game on a uh, Monday night. So it gives a bit more to actually go into detail with. And I think like the XG stats were something insane. I think it was just slightly over one one point five again. So it it shows that we played really well, and we we probably should have scored three or four times. And but we we how many times we said that against Palace? We said the same. And it's it's just you go back to the last three goals we've conceded. So you look at the Batshuayi one and the two Kane ones tonight. But all three goals have a reoccurring theme, and that's Michael Keane. He gave. He didn't follow Batshuayi against Crystal Palace, and he's given two dodgy f- flick-ons and headers today. Now, I like I said before, we completely agree the whole gate. I I don't think he's good enough, um, and I'm sure Evertonians listening will agree. But he's done well at right back this year, but he's not a centre half going forward for me. And if you haven't got enough players to fill in, then you play your, your Godfrey and, unfortunately, your Michael Keane at the moment. Because that Yeddy Mina injury is massive for me. Because Mina's probably our strongest centre-half um, for me. Really good on the air, good on the ball. He runs a bit funny, but look, he's probably my my favourite centre-half. Um, but Michael Keane, since the turn of Christmas, is, is it hasn't been good at all. I think I remember my first time I came on with yourselves, Mick and Lee, and... I was talking about how good Michael Keane had been with his short passes, his long passes. It gives, gave us a bit more of a different dimension. I haven't seen that since the start of the year. And he's making silly Sunday league mistakes. Um, and I don't want to bash him too much because, look, he is a confidence player. He's come out before and he is a confidence player. But we, we can't have players treading on uh, on eggshells and 
not really performing well and and giving away points like that. Because look, it's our own fault tonight. Um, nothing more. We've we've cost ourselves two points, and that's why I'm so frustrated. So, in, in answer to your question, Mick, we did play well. I completely accept that, but for me, I'd much rather played a lot worse and got the three points. My, is Ben being a little bit harsh on Michael Keane there for for large parts this season? He's been relatively solid. Um, I mean, I, for the first half of the season, I think people would would have said he was one of our better players. Do you think Ben and Liam maybe being a little bit harsh on him? Uh, I I don't think so, Mick. I think I think Ben's spot on. To be honest with you, um, I think you know he, he is a confidence player, but he also is 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 the senior player, and he has to take responsibility for the ball. Um, I agree with Ben. I think that you know, Mina is our is our better centre half, but you know it, it just seems to think since he's been dropped by England, then his, his confidence has just just gone completely. And you know, as to touch on Lee said, you know about Spurs being absolutely terrible, and you know they were they were there for the taking tonight, and you know we played really really well, and especially our second goal. Our second goal was absolutely brilliant. And then you know then we throw it away. But I, I think at the moment, you know, Keane isn't instilling any any confidence um, in in whoever's next to him. And in a three, um, he, he's played he's played dreadfully. You know, Ben said you know the, the last three goals. You know, there's there's no coincidence that you know, they've all come down Keane's side, um, and and he's mainly been being culpable for it. Um, I just yeah. I, I think you know, I, I think he's done Mourinho a massive favour. I think he's probably kept him in the job for another month I think, tonight. I think if Spurs would have lost that game tonight, then if they would have lost against Man City in the in the, the League Cup final, I think Mourinho might have been in uh, in really big trouble. But I think you know between between Keane and Holgate this evening, they've they've probably kept Jose in in a job for another month. Um, it, it was fantastic to see Alan back in the midfield. I thought that you know what we were missing uh, against Brighton. And uh, against Palace, in, in terms of transitioning the ball from from back to front, um, I think he did really well. He dovetailed really well with Tom Davis as well. I thought played really, you know, had a really good game tonight. So that was you know, huge positives. Um, but the game swung for me when when Coleman came on. I thought that his energy levels were, were superb for the last half an hour. And uh, you know, as and as Lee said, you know, he 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 turned the game uh, as soon as Zawobi went off. Then you know within thirty seconds, you know, came and uh, Coleman's made you know three positive passes, and all of a sudden, he's uh, he's crossing in for the goal. It, it, it was a great sub, a uh, great move, and a great finish. Me mm. just touching on what what Matt just said there about the midfield, Alan Davis and Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson especially, he he was fantastic tonight, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I remember again. Remember saying something similar early in the season. He's capable of that. He's a technically very, very gifted player. Um, he just flatters to deceive a lot of the time. And obviously, his weaknesses can be accentuated sometimes with the performances around him. So, obviously, he's not quick. He, he, he lacks pace. He's very, very flat-footed. So, obviously, if the ball is arriving not directly to his feet, he's often caught in front of the ball or behind the ball. Um, he's not nimble in any sort of way. Um but he offers that threat from set pieces and he has got that quality. I mean, that, that finish, the way he's opened up his left foot for the for the second goal was absolutely brilliant. One of the best goals I've seen Everton score all season. Um, 
so yeah, he, he has got ability, but for me, I'd like to see him be more of a a squad player next year. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think him being a starter is going to see Everton progress to the place that we want to progress, and and, and I think Farhad Mashiri wants us to progress to and Ancelotti. Um, I think. Yeah, Tom Davis had, a, had an okay game, kept it ticking, ticking over without doing anything spectacular. Um, and Alan, Alan's massive for us. And I think the fact that he's finished 90 minutes there and Hammers as well is a huge positive. Um, and if we can keep them too fit, I'm not sure what the timeline is on Decore. Mitch, do you know? Yeah, it's a couple of weeks. Another couple of weeks. Best so best. Yeah, best. Uh, yeah, so maybe being optimistic we're going to see him for the last three or four games of the season and let's hope by that point it's not too late but it's looking that way at the minute um, Andre Gomez don't know what happened with him because Ancelotti said in his press conference that he was going to be fit for the for the game this evening but and he's been training up until yesterday so I'm not sure what happened there but overall Mick, I think we would all concede as Evertonians that our midfield is undoubtedly our weak area Overall, in terms of an area of the pitch, we, I know we've identified the right-back position individually as the position we need to address the most. And I think that looks like it's going to happen. Uh, but Seamus Coleman, again, has proven tonight that, again, although I, I wouldn't like him to be a, a starter uh, at 32, going into 33 next season, he's someone who's more than capable to offer something like he did this evening for the last 20 minutes, half an hour to come on and influence a game with his energy and his enthusiasm. And I think that will still be the case next season. And 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 then I think tonight again has proved, like we discussed, that we, we certainly need a centre-back to add to the ranks as well. A bit of ex- someone with an experienced, cool head with a bit of ability um, and leadership uh, more than anything else. But yeah, I think the midfield, considering the fact that we were all very, very worried about the midfield before the game tonight, um, didn't do a bad job at all, in all honesty. Mm. Ben, just just going back to the result, I think we all build it before the game as a must-win for for Europa League challenge. Where does this result now leave us? Um, it's a difficult one because I, I saw it as a must-win. If you wanted to kick on, um, personally, like it's like I said before, it's. It, it's going to be difficult now. It's, I see us now as a bit of a fight for seventh place and a bit of a mini-league with ourselves, Arsenal and Tottenham all battling for this seventh position. And like I said before, Tottenham win this cup, it goes to top six. So it's just automatically trying to battle for seventh place. Look, we've still got that game in hand and I don't know how many times you've been over that and tried to say that. Um, but look, we're now three points behind Liverpool on the same amount of games now. When a couple of a couple of games ago we could have gone three points ahead of them, so we sat here after the last three games on three points out of nine. When really we should have had seven. Um, I think to be to be fair, we should have won the Palace one, um, and we should have won um, tonight. So if we would have got them four points, you would have been happily sitting in sixth position. And again, then we're we're right in the mix. Then um, really getting amongst it. So for me, it was a really really big game. Um, I probably took my shot a little bit too early on Twitter. Um, I was just a bit angry and frustrated and tried to say that was season over and done with. I, You're I, not I'm the gonna, only one, Ben. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself now, but it, it's not it's not the last chance saloon tonight. It's not. There is still stuff to fight for. I just think I've gone a little bit too early on Twitter. Heat in the moments, complete frustration, 
over the performances from individual areas. But look, if we get top seven, um, that'll be so massive for the club. And we, we have, it is still in our hands somehow. I don't know how. I really, really, really don't know how we're still in the mix still. But we are. I feel like I say the same stuff every week on the podcast and I'm trying to put a bit of a spin on it for us Blues. And It was good to see performances from, like like Lee said before, Sigurdsson, of course, he was really good today. The Icelandic Stasso making Lee eat his words tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to use one of his tweets there, looking back onto his... Uh, he's put don't his even go there. <laughs> 32 out of 37 passes, two goals, four shots, two shots on target, four key passes, two tackles, one, an interception, and a seven ball recovery, giving a man a match rating of 9.3. And that's just for you, Lee, for that, for the uh, the super stato. So, yeah, it was good to see players like him having a good run out tonight. I feel like it's been a while since he's uh, put in a really good shift. But I think he had a bit of a bit of chemistry with Hammers as well, Mick, in the first half, which was I haven't seen. And we, we've been nailing the pair of them for starting the same team. But it looked like they were trying to find each other and move off each other, which were, which was nice to see. Um, so I am going to eat my words a little bit on Twitter. I do think there's still a bit to play for. But I, don't th- I think top six might have gone now, Mick, to be honest. I think that's gone. And I feel like we're in a bit of a mini-league for seventh now with, obviously, Spurs and Arsenal. Um, you've got to look at other teams around there. Leeds, somehow, are creeping in. And Aston Villa have got a game in hand as well to take them to 47 points. So, it's a bit of like a mini-league. And we just need to finish as high as we can to get the most TV money and money off the league to obviously help us in the summer and really kick on. Because you can see tonight, if we would have had a solid centre-half in there um, and maybe a, a different right wing-back, we would have put them to bed with ease. It just shows you the task that they've got in hand in the summer. Couple of quality superstar players. We need to get it done early because we need to show Hammers that we mean business because if clubs start come knocking for him, we cannot lose him because he's just such a glorious footballer to watch, isn't he? And just hope we can all see him in the flesh run round Goodison Park like he did tonight. Just like another Sunday league game for him that tonight and just shows you this class he's got. But yeah, we have still got stuff to play for. Um, so we need to try and push on now I just feel like top six is gone but I feel like we can have that battle for seventh position which may hopefully fingers crossed still get Europe Matt just touching on what Ben's just said there is this the sort of game again with no DCL where you start to think we do need that second striker maybe not a young striker maybe an older head experience to lead the line for us oh 100% I mean, especially with the the two chances we had at the end with Josh King and, and Richarlison, you think with you know somebody with a bit of experience and, and composure, um, you know, may you know, would have put that away and you know three two, and then we defend for our lives to to, to see the game out. Um, but you know, it, it just adds to, to the frustration. Um, but it is you know something we can look at in in the summer and you know, depending on obviously what happens with Moist Keys, but we're Moist Keen, but you, you can see that you know we we do need. Um, a, a good quality backup to to Carver Lewin, and you know I think that we can get somebody in with with, with a bit of experience. And you you, you look back, you know, somebody like you know, Giroud, you know, he, he's going to be thirty four in the summer, but you know he's not getting many games for Chelsea, and where we couldn't get him before when Kuma was manager, maybe someone you know with the gravitas of Carlo could could attract him just for a year, you know, just come and sit on the bench, play, you know. A, Start eight, eight or nine games, start all the league games, the League Cup games, and the FA Cup games. But 
you know, somebody perhaps you can you can get like him, and he'd be ideal for last twenty minutes against you know Tottenham tonight, who didn't look up for it at all. They 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 weren't in for a battle, and you know he, he could probably terrorise somebody like that. But um, it's going to be a massive summer ahead for us. You know, I think it needs quite a lot of creative accounting. Um, I think it needs quite a bit of short term sponsors, um, like like we've just picked up. Um, you know, there there's more as as the season goes on, um, and we we go into the last seven or eight games now. There there are a few more holes. Um, they're starting to to appear in the squad. Um, the gaps that need filling in the summer for you know, very, very big upgrades on, on what we've got and the options we've got at the moment. Lee, going back to the starting lineup, were you disappointed with Josh King not starting tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what I said before the game that I was like to see an Nkuku give it a go. He wasn't even on the bench. So, um, obviously, that doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. But if, if you weren't going to start him, Awobi does not warrant a start. I'm sorry. He just absolutely doesn't. He's had more than enough chances and he doesn't take them. So, yeah, I think Josh King does deserve a start. Um, it's becoming apparent that perhaps he wasn't Ancelotti's man. You know, Ancelotti doesn't look like he had a say in that signing because he's not had a sniff. He's not started a game. He's had nine substitute appearances now. Um, but to be fair, when he came on tonight, he, you know, although, yes, he should have done better for that chance at the end, um, you know, he's coming off the bench rusty, you know, with no sort of fluidity or, or rhythm to his game. Um, so you can sort of forgive him for snatching the chances a little bit because he's, he's got no game game time under his belt. So I think now we, we've got to start winning games. We've got to start applying ourselves and, and actually going for the three points. Um, so I do think there's a space for Josh King somewhere, especially with Calvert-Lewin being out and, and surely that now being... Alex Iwobi's last chance saloon uh, in terms of being a starter. So I think he has got a, a part to play and I hope he does. And, I, and you know, for his sake, uh, you know, his attitude looks okay to me and his application when he comes on, it looks absolutely fine. So I hope for his sake, he he, he takes this chance and, and shows us something between now and the end of the season um, that he's maybe worthy of, of a short-term deal uh, next season. Because what... What we were doing before this evening has not been working. All I will say, you know, in, over the last couple of home games, we've we've created much more chances um, and better quality of chances as well, like clear goal goal scoring opportunities. So, hopefully, if we carry on in that vein, um, you know, the the that clinical Everton from earlier on in the season will will find itself again, and and we'll be able to turn some of these draws into wins but um, yeah the curious case of Josh King it's, it's, a, it's a really really strange one Ancelotti doesn't seem to trust him um, but I thought he did okay if I'm honest when he came on tonight Ben do you have sympathy with Evertonians getting a bit frustrated with Josh King not starting um, you know we had we had 10 attempts in the first half and it was our joint most attempts in a half this season so with no DCR were you a little bit disappointed Josh King wasn't the focal point he, he was he was in my starting lineup, Mick. Um, as you announced on Twitter earlier on, I would have liked to have seen him potentially start. But let's not beat around the bush. The guy, I know he's having short cameos here and there, but he looked he looked quick tonight. Give him that. He looked quick, and he should have buried his chance to be honest. But before that, in his cameos, he hasn't looked fit to me. Um, don't know how everyone else feels, but I don't feel like he 
he's looked mobile enough and I still think he was carrying a bit of weight but tonight I thought like when he came on he looked a lot trimmer um, and I thought he glided I thought he really went on to that hammer through ball with pace and I thought oh here we go that, that's the Josh King I remember for Bournemouth the direct quick nuisance striker um, who caused us chaos last year the, the last game at Goodison wasn't it and but he's, he hasn't really kicked on in the championship, has he? Um, I don't really think he got a run of games under his belt. Makes you think, was he really putting the, the, the yards in and training for Bournemouth? He's come to us, not really match fit, and it's took him a while. But I would look, he, yeah, it's got a bit of a role to perform now for the run, the run of the game. People are going to get knocked. You look at the Calvert-Lewin one, he, he's got an injury somewhere down the line. and But it's... It's clear to see the rumbling out of uh, Finch Farm because the Carlo just doesn't really fancy him, and you, you might have even been into obviously have a word of Carlo himself to ask what's going on. So, look, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Um, it just shows that if something's something's not going on between the pair of them behind behind the scenes. So, it's um, I can't see the contract being completely renewed in the summer unless we look to obviously purchase him on a short term, say like a couple of year deal and then sell him again straight away and look to potentially get profs off him that way because he is in essence a free agent in the summer. So there might be business to be done there where if you can just get him in on a, on a deal and then set, shift him on again for profits. And, but it's if the play would do that. Um, you just don't know. So it's, it's a, it's a, it is a really, really strange one. Obviously he's brought in in January, deadline day, it might have been a bit of a panic buy, potentially. Maybe that wasn't the uh, the player that Ancelotti wanted. I think there was mumblings of Huang from RB Leipzig. That was the player that they potentially wanted in on loan. Um, but they settled for Josh King. So it's, look, he, he has got a, a role to perform now going forward. He's got to put the miles in. He's got to put the effort in behind the scenes. He's like, look, I, I'd like to see him get a start. I'd like to see him get a chance. So we can then all see him in a few minutes and put our real decisions to mind and go, yeah, he's not good enough. We agree with Carlo or go on, mate, have a real good 90 minutes and show us Blues what you can do. Because I saw a glimpse, very slim glimpse tonight of what he can do. He has got natural pace. Just would have been great for him to finish that chance, wouldn't it? And we'll be talking here or laughing and joking at the three points, but... I'm not going to get myself wound up. I've calmed down now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll kick on. Hopefully, yeah, as a good run of games under his belt going forward. Matt, Josh King, would, would you give him a run of games now and just see what he's about? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got nothing to lose now. You know, we're, we're in we're in a mini league. Um, we've got four, six pointers coming up and, and that's ultimately going to be deciding on uh, on on where on where we're going to finish. Um, we, we do need pace in the team. and. You know, he, as Ben said, you know, he, he did look a little bit leaner this evening. Um, he did link up well with Hammers, and you know, he, he he played off the last defender's um, shoulders. So, you know, if there are any niggling doubts over over Calvert Lewin, then you know, let, let's get him back fully fit and functional. But you know, Arsenal next week they did a you know, they they've got a couple of important games coming up now. They're going to be thinking about Europa League. Villa, we've we've got to pay, we've got to play twice. Um, you know, West Ham, they're, they're not quick at the back. So, you know, I, I think I think it's time that you know, we, we do have a good look at him because, you know, ultimately he, he could be a very good option for us and a very inexpensive option um, in the summer if, if he can prove, you know, why, why we have brought him in. You know, I, I doubt 
he came in to sit on the bench. I'm, I'm sure he was given, um, you know, some assurances of, of game time. And Carlo said that you know he would get game time, but we, we haven't seen that yet. So, you know, there's no better time to do it now. You know, even playing Richarlison off off the right and, and King off the left because the Warby's not going to do anything now. I think, you know, the, the lads are right. He's he, he's had his opportunities and he, he just can't do it for us. You know, regardless of whether we play him wing back or whether we play him at number 10 or whether we play him further up on the, on the left or the right. So, you know, I, th- I think it's time to, to, to bin that now and, and give him, give him a good run in the side. He, he is, he is electric on his day. You know, he's tortured us in the past. We know just how, how effective he can be from wide um, and through the middle. So, you know, where's team are expecting us to, to go long to Calvert-Lewin or, um, you know, get the ball wide and, and get crosses into the box then, you know, just that bit of pace over the top um, or, you know, or into feet because he can take the ball into feet and he can spin and uh, and and take it wide of defenders. You know, wh- why not? We've got nothing to lose now. Lee, Ben, Matt, thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for listening. Everton 2, Spurs 2. It's probably two points dropped given the performance. If you're listening to this before Sunday, it is the big Everton phone-in this Sunday, which will be out from 5pm. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the very best. Thank you.